In a world where Magneto is on the run and Alcatraz is a real-life Birdman, the X-Men will inadvertently become the poster children for the anti-vaccination movement. That was my last cigar. Logan! It's getting closer! Come on! Let's keep moving! Hey, Timmy, Come here. How's your throwing arm? Logan, we work as a team! Yeah, good luck with that. Throw me. Now! There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Exceptionally Bad. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. And I'm Danny. And today we watched the film X-Men colon The Last Stand. Um, X-Men colonoscopy. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are as confused as I was because X-Men 2 is called X2. Right. And so I, I for forever I thought this was just X3, but mm. it's, wow. <laughs> technically it's X-Men colon The Last Stand. Um, so I know typically we talk about, uh, it's like, oh, hey, well, who's your favorite X-Men character or whatever? And I'm happy to do that if you guys want to. But uh, I was, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, I, I mean, not I, we... Did a poll on our Instagram somewhat recently, where we asked uh, listeners to name like the worst movie. So it was like name a franchise's worst movie, and then I, not I we yeah, <laughs> gave, <laughs> guess who does the Instagram? Our, uh, our, our social media manager, our yeah. social media uh, <laughs> experts said like for example worst Marvel movie, and we got a couple of responses. Um, one of which was, uh, one listener said Thor: Love and Thunder. No, wrong. Uh, Okay. That is Uh, wrong. uh, It is Thor 2. So, well, okay. So... The Dark World. It's... Okay, yeah. I think... That is a terrible movie. I I feel like the question for uh, Thor specifically is, which one is worth watching? And it's Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that's the best. That one's fantastic. The worst worst Thor eyebrows, first one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) That's a deep cut. Uh, someone else said Police Academy 7. Uh, oh, I did not know there were seven Police Academy movies. So I think four there, was the last one I saw. There's more than seven. There's more than seven. Yeah. And so Police Academy 15. My, uh, so is it, are they saying, look, we're going to have as many movies or more as Land Before Time. So let's keep this. <laughs> they got to keep going. Let's keep this rolling. And, um, do you think that's Vin Diesel's goal and goal? He's like, <laughs> Family over dinosaurs. <laughs> For Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Oh my How gosh. many on? Ten? Yeah. yeah. And then there's an eleventh coming, right? Isn't this the tenth one coming? Oh, is it, 10 oh, is it the tenth one coming? Yeah. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. All I know is family. And then <laughs> and then the other one the other one we got was Matrix Revolutions. Oh yeah, that one wasn't uh, great. I would say Matrix Four. So is, is that the four is, is that Revolutions three? I think it, it is. is. So yes. it's yes. Matrix Matrix Reloaded. Yep. Revolutions, and then 
old man restoration yeah. or resurrection or something like that <laughs> restaurant <laughs> matrix restaurant <laughs> matrix cafe anybody hungry <laughs> so uh anything after the first let me just do some damage control slash disagree with ben yeah there was no wrong answer to that question <laughs> that's like we, true we might disagree on which thor movie is the worst exactly movie um but because I, I don't want to discourage <laughs> listener interaction with us. No, it's but, totally true. Uh, because that's the whole thing with all of these franchises is, I mean, if you go on the internet and you ask and you look up which, you know, which James Bond is the worst one, which X-Men is the worst one, there you get tons of different answers. You get as many answers right? as there are films. Yep. Um, so, which, yeah, this is maybe... Uh, you know, big spoiler for the end of the episode, but like this was better than I remembered it being. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I would feel real quickly. This is probably the weakest of the first three. Yeah, but I didn't think it was terrible. But so I want to say, I'm glad that you chose this one because I know you were thinking of uh, X Men Wolverine Origins Wolverine. Yeah, yes. the Wolverine one. Which my argument is that that's more of a spinoff than part of the franchise, but. It's considered part of the franchise. So. Well, then it and, is far worse. And that, that's, is, that is yeah. actually one word that is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Deadpool had to go back in time and kill off one of the characters from that movie, I think, is proof enough. <laughs> um, but Wait, so is that the movie that Deadpool was in? Yeah, it's yeah, like his, yeah, it's yeah, like his origin right. yeah. when he was all weird looking. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a different iteration of yeah. Deadpool. Same yeah. actor. Same actor. Yeah. Um, okay, so having that, uh, thank you for the participation, listeners. Yeah. Um, so wait, I have a question. Why are we even watching a movie like X Men? On a, on a, in oh, a podcast oh. called Exceptionally Bad. Okay, yeah, so sorry. Uh, the Not at All a Mouthful season four, <laughs> the season of four seasons. Uh, well done. <laughs> we are talking about our, this mini season is the best, is the worst of the best. So yeah. we take a popular franchise or a franchise that, that has done well. In whatever measurement you want to say, box office or, or popularity, Audience, and we yeah. and we try and figure out, we choose which one we may think is the worst one, or what one is kind of generally thought of the worst one, and and then we just try to decide like, is it really that bad? Mm-hmm. Is it does it meet our criteria for exceptionally bad? I see Brant's ready to say something. Nope. really big franchises like indiana jones or james James bond Bond, or there's or you know it could be star trek jaws jaws oh Oh, man alien we've seen that one already i think we've done a couple we've seen both oh poltergeist um hey i was i'll tell you that um not to spoil which one i'm gonna get but when i when it's my turn to pick the movie i was considering the conjuring franchise do you guys even know what that is? So that's yes. the one with the nun, right? Oh, is that the nun is one of the movies from the is, franchise? Okay. Is that like what Harry Potter is? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's horror movies. It's the Conjuring, Conjuring Two, The Nun, uh, La Llorona, um, Annabelle, Annabelle. Anyway, it's a whole series of horror movies, which with different names, with different names, but they're all about the same kind of people storyline. Anyway, so, so I Danny, consider that, but nobody knows what that is other than me. And I've seen them. I didn't realize it was a all part of the same series. Thing. Yeah, it's like the Unbreakable series. You're like, oh, that is a trilogy. But, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. More so, like a trilogy. Sorry, Danny. I, I got it. Danny told me this like um, 
he told me this in confidence, but he's like, I wish I could choose a, a really popular series and and you know the Breakin series. Like we watch Breakin. Breakin too. Breakin too. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. The, the whole franchise of Breakin and Breakin Breakin Two. two. <laughs> Defined a generation. <laughs> Look, Bracken, you you shake your head, but in a world where Xanadu has a really best-selling soundtrack, like yeah. Breaking Two could define a generation. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, is well, anybody you put it like, like that? Does, does anybody want to give us their kind of quick thought? Your quick, your experience, your yeah, your, your like experience with the X Men as a as a comic book, as a cartoon, as the movies, Danny. Dressed up, wore his X Men shirt to tonight's recording. He brought some Wolverines yeah. to accompany so, us. So, why did you dress as Rogue, though? <laughs> Is it because your Psylocke <laughs> costume was in the wash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't dress as Rogue. He's dressed as Wolverine. That's just how he interprets no. it. What was what was the character that? The clap lady. Oh, oh yes. I don't the know. clap person, I should say. I don't know that it was a lady. Sonic or he just, a sound. He just likes a I forgot net, that one. Like a fishnet yeah. shirt. Fishnets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Ben, were I you like big... Rogue's hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Right. I yeah. like that, that From gray the, streak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's super cool. They call me Silver Fox when I do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just jump in then right now. Yeah. Is I love Wolverine. I, I loved X-Men. It was the whole wake up in the morning and on Saturdays and watch them. So to you, though, yeah. X-Men is the cartoon. So yes, the X-Men is the cartoon, and I would collect uh, the the trading cards, like okay. the X-Men trading cards, and then comic books. But yes, and then action figures, because I loved action figures. That's why I brought two of them. Yeah. And so when I was a kid, I would tape those long skewers you would make with like shish kebabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would tape them on my hand to pretend I was Wolverine. That's awesome. And I would like punch into cardboard and yes. into styrofoam. And, and your brothers. I would chase my little sister and brother around. <laughs> and I would coif my hair with like Wolverine, yes. you know? Yes. Um, I just thought he was the coolest, coolest guy. Did you walk around smoking a big fat cigar? You know, I'd, I'd roll, I'd roll some stuff and I, and you know. That's what funny. kind of stuff, Danny? This is California. It was just like, like five leaf you know, pedal that was out in my backyard. <laughs> just, and okay. Felt great. Herbal supplements. Yeah. Got Wearing it. a lot of yellow and blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot anyway, of latex. So I, I loved, I loved Wolverine. I was always team Wolverine when it came to like, well, Logan versus, you know, Scott. Scott. Anyway. So that's my thing. So he was like Jacob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He was, Jacob. he was, I, um, to me, X-Men is, from the comics, I watched, or I watched, I read and collected the comics in the early to mid-90s. Everything X, X-Men, X-Force, Uncanny X-Men, mm-hmm. uh, any other variant, uh, the Wolverine comics and stuff. I loved the X-Men. Uh, from all of Marvel comics, the X-Men is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I mean, I love Wolverine because everyone does. I mean, he's seriously one of the coolest mm-hmm. characters but i loved it um i i was not even though i did watch the cartoon i i think i was a little too old for it mm-hmm. and 
it kind of annoyed me because it wasn't as cool as the comics to me. Yeah. Uh, or it wasn't like as serious as the comics were. Totally. Um, but that's to me who the X-Men are. And I judge the movies based off of the comics. Now, as with many comic book related movies, um, the movies are their own thing, right? They, they, borrow from the comics and then make their own thing so it's not really fair to say well in the comics this happened or whatever not to mention i was only reading the x-men in the early 90s and i don't have all of that history before right i've read little pieces here and there and understand stories backstories that have happened but um there's way more out there than what i know um but i love the x-men and i can't wait for them to one day come back to the marvel cinematic universe so I, I loved Wolverine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite though was Gambit. Oh, just yeah. he was just smarmy and yep. like, he, and he had he was really powerful too. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it was the and unexpectedly powerful yeah. because he just does little things that yeah, make I big mean, explosions, he's right? always throwing like playing cards at people. Yeah. But you know, in in so I was cartoons like Danny. Yeah. We couldn't afford comic books. We had to draw our own. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, he always had the coolest powers. And I, I remember a few episodes where he was like, he was touching cars and stuff uh-huh. and like yeah. them blowing yes, up. Right? right. So it's like, there's a reason he's only hucking yeah. playing cards at people. But I don't know. I thought he was, was super cool. Um, <laughs> so getting back to Wolverine, have you guys seen, there was this comedy skit on YouTube where these two dudes are like saving up money and you know that the whole skit is you can get any x-men power basically you can get any mutant power so they save up ten thousand dollars or whatever it is to get the power and they go into the doctor and you know he's like well what power do you want and they both look at the doctor and confidently they're like wolverine (laughs) and the doctor's like okay he's like um he's like oh you only paid us ten thousand dollars wolverine is two powers oh yeah and they were like what and he's like well it's wolverine healing yeah and adamantium claws yeah so he's like well you've only got the money for one so what do you want so they kind of look at each other like let's claws, do the claws I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> so, without the healing so, so right. then they they cut to the the next scene and they're sitting in the house and they got their white you know wife beaters on and like the very first time they're like Shink! and it comes out and they're like oh my gosh and they're freaking out because their hands are just bleeding all over the place and and it, it all ends. They're like, why did we pick healing? <laughs> Their hands are just like bleeding everywhere. They're accidentally stabbing yeah. each other. So yeah. Wolverine, cool power, but yeah. I guess powers. Yeah. But yeah. How do you follow that? Man. <laughs> uh, I was that kid. I, I've, I think I've said this before, how uncool I was and am. But uh, not that you need to know that. But I was that <laughs> I was that kid, and you know that collected. <laughs> I'll wait for you, Danny. <laughs> I was that kid that you know collected the DC comics in the eighties. Loved uh, you know Superman, and Batman, and yeah. Wonder Woman, and just all the Justice League characters. And I remember some of my friends, and even they were like in their 20s, and mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, a younger 12, 13 year old, but they were like, mar- I had some friends that were married couple, and they were super into comic books. 
and they were into the X-Men yeah. in like 1986. Like it was really, really popular. And I remember when the Wolverine, the first time a Wolverine comic book came out where he had his own comic book right. called Wolverine and it was super er, big deal. And like I was going to the comic book store and they're like, Wolverine's got his own comic. You want to buy, you know, number issue number one? And yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And but my friends were like all into it. I think I did get like issue number two or something because mm-hmm. it was so so huge. But um, what just, were you getting? If not Green Wolverine Lantern. episode one, I Green was, Lantern. I was like Aquaman. Yeah, I was getting like the Flash number one hundred and three. Okay. Uh, or yeah. Anyway, Batman five thousand. Yeah, I had a lot of Batman. I had a, I had a good collection dude. of Batman, Dark Knight, comic books. Anyway, I, I did okay there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were huge. So I never really read the X-Men comic books, to just a long story short. Mm-hmm. But I did watch the cartoons, and I was introduced. That was how I was introduced to the X-Men. And I still remember that theme song and how... Mm-hmm. iconic it was and I, I think i've i think i've watched i think i've watched a couple of those episodes on disney plus oh yeah in recent uh months maybe <laughs> just to just to be a little nostalgic and i'm like yeah i, I just love this theme song it's pretty pretty That's tight cool. and they, they use it in the movies so um i I'll, yeah wolverine's like pretty cool i i don't know if i really got into uh what was the guy with the cards? Gambit. Gambit. Thank you. I'm sorry. Gambit, like you guys, but um, yeah, Wolverine's the, so, the, the, the guy. I should say, since everyone's telling their favorite, I loved Wolverine, but he wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Because my favorite was Psylocke. I liked Rogue. I liked, um, I did like Gambit. Rogue from was the comics. awesome in the comic books. Yeah. All from the comics. And that's the thing is I don't know the characters that well yeah. or their backstories, which you get more from the comic books than, say, oh, the... Way more. Than the cartoons at all, you know? Way more. You kind of get some of their so powers they have, in the cartoons, but... But it's not even just their powers. It's like, I mean, you know, you get their whole personality and, and backstory. And the to me, like, the whole cool things, Magneto's the easiest example of... Here's a, a Jewish survivor of a oh, concentration gosh. camp yeah, yeah where these people were gathering up people who were different and sticking them in camps he survives and then he basically becomes the nazis uh trying to purge them. purge uh the world of <clears throat> of homo sapiens for the sake of oh interesting of, i mean he he became the enemy that he yeah. You know, he had seen. You get a little bit of that in the movies. Actually, you get a lot of that in the movies. But there's a lot of depth like that with almost all of the characters. And what? so, like, Rogue... Sorry. sorry That's to... okay. So, like, in the movie version of Rogue is, like, an amalgamation of Rogue and Jubilee. Yeah. From, the, like, the earlier... At least from the cartoon and probably mm-hmm. from the comics. Yeah. So, like, in the comics... Uh, Rogue is older. She's mm-hmm. an adult. She's kind of. She's more like, like Storm. She's kind of like twenties, thirties. Yeah. She's kind of like Gambit's part, love interest. Love interest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Jubilee is the teenager that's, that's that looks up to the, Logan, the, the plucky the, upcomer. That looks up yeah. to Wolverine is, and is coming to the school to learn about and to come in to her own with her powers and stuff. Right. And she's in the movies. I mean, she's credited as being in this movie. But it's a, I think, a blink and you miss her. Yeah. Ju- Jubilee, that is. She's like an um, extra. 
a named extra. <laughs> One of the things I really liked about the, the X-Men cartoon is just the storylines and the conflicts between mm-hmm. the different characters. I was always used to the Justice League always working together as a united team. Right. And no arguments or fights or in you know infighting. But in this world, mm-hmm. they all had their own powers and they all had their, their different love triangles mm-hmm. or, you know, relationships or it was very complex yeah. and really different motivations. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I liked about the the cartoons was everybody felt unique in their own, mm-hmm. right? Where you see this in a lot of movies where they just kind of get like squashed a little bit. Yeah. Like their, their characters are just kind of like homogenized a little right. bit. Like in this one, everybody's wearing black leather right. yeah, yeah. and the piping on, yes. on their, you know, their outfits is a slightly different color. And even, you know, in some of the battle scenes in this, like we've made a comment, there's like two dozen people who do basically exactly the same right. thing. But in in the comics, in the cartoons, like everybody is unique and yeah. special, and they feel that way too. Like you identify and you know immediately who they are because, right. like you have those key things. So uh, I think. Oh, also Nightcrawler. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> so, super cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can talk about him if we want. When we yeah. talk about the movies a little bit, if yeah, you yeah. want. Um, I would say for like our like younger younger listeners, uh, one of Branka's daughters specifically is who I'm thinking of. Like the closest you can think of today is maybe like My Hero Academia mm. from from the anime world or and manga world. Yeah, where they all have those individual, they call them quirks and that, but right. they all have that, that individual like magical power or whatever. And one of the things that I was actually talking to someone earlier today that I like about that is like everyone has their own thing, and they can they don't get kind of shunted to the side. Like mm-hmm. yeah, whatever their individual thing is, no matter like how dumb it may seem to the reader, like it kind of fits into the story. And I feel like mm-hmm. the X-Men comics and the cartoon were that, yeah. were that way. I mean, in this movie, there's somebody who can put words onto a, onto a book by rubbing their hand across it. Listen, calligraphia is an amazingly powerful <laughs> character in the expanded universe. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to say that with a straight hey, face. There was that, well, plus, there was that one girl who had the power to hold hands with her little brother and walk down the hall. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there was the paper airplane flying kid. That's right. And the kid who could blink and change the channels on TV. <laughs> so I felt... <laughs> the power of a remote control. I felt like... What's your dangerous. name? We have to send him to the school for gifted children. My name children. is Panasonic. <laughs> Dude, and Colossus can carry a huge TV with one arm. That's right. And, um, Pre-flat screen. So, but that that, yeah. that that moment with the with the airplane flying kid, yeah. paper airplane yeah. kid, it... it uh, it felt a little bit out of place, like where it was in the movie. At least, at least if I'm remembering correctly. But it, it had that kind of whimsy, like when you're at Hogwarts with Harry Potter, right. yeah, and yeah. in the background, some kids doing some random spell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt like that was the vibe they were going for, but I don't think that it was. I think that it was just spliced in at the wrong time. Yeah, right, like right after Scott had like, died. Yeah, yeah, right, it was like right, yeah, like right after, right after Cyclops had died. And, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> R.I.P. Scott Summers. <laughs> but I, I heard he becomes a Easter Bunny later. He does. Yeah. He does. Scott. He works with another extremely powerful mutant that has speed and like electro EMP bursts. Loves <laughs> chased loves by coins. Also chased by a maniacal After a short intelligent guy. Dint as a sheriff who doesn't like uh, yeah. unpredictable women. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if Ma- if Magneto was heavily mustachioed, he would be just like the other kind of 
yeah. evil maniacal villain that he ends up in Sonic. In Sonic. You know what? Nailed never would have happened if Magneto was real. He could have just yeah. been like, yoink, and pulled that sucker right out. <laughs> so should we do a quick... Yeah, someone want to do a quick recap of the plot? I can do it. Set us up with the, the preamble okay. of kind of like really short, like what has happened. Right. So um, previously on X-Men... <laughs> um, on a very special episode <laughs> of X-Men. So basically, um, Wolverine... In the previous two movies, Wolverine has come uh, to know the X-Men and the school and Professor X. And he's kind of got a crush on Jean Grey. In the second movie, Jean Grey, who is married to Scott Summers, uh, Cyclops, um, sacrifices herself to save everyone. And she dies when uh, this dam explodes and she drowns. So this movie starts with Jean Grey being dead. That was a damn explosion. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, literally. Um, Scott is... So Cyclops is super sad about her death. Um, the The government has some scientists who have discovered, uh, using another mutant, have discovered a cure for, for the mutation, the X mutation, to make mutants no longer mutants. And that obviously starts a whole political debate about, is it really a cure? Like, is it a cure? Are, is there anything wrong with these people? That kind of thing. And should they be forced to take it or voluntary? Whatever. Um, so there's this political strife happening. Uh, meanwhile, Scott, in his sadness, goes back to visit the lake where uh, Jean Grey had died. And she... Is alive. Does he hear the voices before he goes? I don't remember that. When he gets there, Uh, when he's there, he's definitely hearing voices. He sees her. She comes back in a big, giant light. Now, uh, we know from the comic books that her other name is Phoenix, and uh, so here she is, Phoenix, risen from the dead, and she promptly kills him, and though. We don't actually see that on screen. We find out later she has killed him. She basically has her powers, her mind powers, are like she can read people's minds, she can move things with her minds, she can do ton of stuff with her mind, and it's so powerful that ever since she's a little kid, Professor X has helped kind of compartmentalize her powers so that she can have control. But all of those protections are gone. She has no control. She's kind of crazy. Um... And she joins Magneto, who is starting a war against the government and the humans who want to try to force this uh, cure on them. The X-Men, of course, want people to be able to have their free choice, and so they try to go protect everyone. Uh, The battle ends up in Alcatraz, where the... Um, cure is manufactured and located and the kid who's the mutant where it all comes from is there magneto and his crew are trying to kill that boy the x-men show up to try to save the kid battle ensues and in the end uh phoenix loses control completely and starts to destroy everyone and the only one who can save her is logan wolverine because of his mutant healing factor so he walks through this like shredding spaghettification of his skin 
Think of like when everyone turns to dust in the Avengers. Yeah, people are just, everything's turning to dust around, but he is constantly regenerating as he goes up there. He says something to her. She gets her like mind back just long enough for him to tell her that he loves her and then he kills her. And it's over. A lot of other things happen in between, but uh, none of it is plot. So mm-hmm. we can talk about that kind of stuff. And some uh, people, some mutants get the serum. Get the serum. You know, during the battle. And yes. so they lose their powers like yep. Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. So, so the, the That's a significant piece of the, of the lore. Of the, uh, well, of the tension is yeah. that... Okay, so because uh, Beast, he's introduced in this film. Um, he's a, he's like a he's the he's government the secretary guys. of mutant affairs. Yeah. to the president in Washington D.C. to the real weak president. Yeah, um, and so but they go by kind of behind his back. The president kind of goes behind, and they arm military personnel with syringes with, with guns that shoot this mutant antigen. And they take out. Uh, they take out Mystique. They take out Mystique. Mystique loses her. So she, this whole time, they've captured her, and they're trying to get information from her. Where is Magneto's lair? Where is he's, he? He's Where's on, all he's this kind stuff? Of on the run. She's being loyal as she always <clears throat> She's is her to him. Ride or die. Right. And uh, Magneto shows up to save her, and in the process, she gets shot with is one she, of those and syringes. She jumps in front of Magneto to save to him. save his life. Or not save his life, save his powers. Mm-hmm. And she gets turned into a regular human, cured. And what does he say to her? He's it's like, a shame. You're, she was so like, beautiful. Well, you're before, no, you were no longer one of us. You're not yeah. one of us. And he just turns his back on her and leaves her. Yeah. Yep. And later on, it happens to him. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's part of the 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 tension is mm-hmm. that is that the government's kind of spoken out of both sides of its mouth, right? About like it's it's voluntary. You can choose to do you it. Can choose then, to, you can choose to do it unless we shoot you. Unless we choose for you. Yeah. And and so the X Men are kind of caught in the middle. Like Xavier's faction of the mutants are kind of caught in the middle because um, Ben mentioned like this this being one of his favorite things about the X Men is you have Xavier and Magneto and mm-hmm. they're like best friends, mm-hmm. right? And they best just have frenemies. They have yeah. but they have polar opposite. They have the same goal, but polar opposite methods. Execution, yeah. Yes, and and I f- I feel like their friendship over the three films bears out pretty well. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even like because spoiler, Professor X gets killed by by Phoenix. Or does he? And well, and his Mag- body gets destroyed. Yeah, and Magneto gets Thanos is, snapped. Yeah, Magneto is upset. Yeah. Like he tries to stop her. I mean, you could argue how much he tries, but he yeah. tries to. St- and and somebody even like says something disparaging about Professor X, and he's like, "Charles Xavier's done more for mutants than that's right than, he, than you'll ever know." Like so, like Ben was saying, and I, I I also appreciated that you could tell they had a history and a respect, but mm-hmm. they were just even fine though they, yeah, they weren't really enemies other than their methods of trying to reach peace mm-hmm. conflicted with each other right because i feel like every time they encounter each other they don't fight each other they right. talk to each other yeah. yeah and it's a lot of stay out of my way yeah. yeah is there anything else like that in the 
kind of superpower world because i i always loved that too you'd always see the scene of them playing chess Mm -hmm. and talking about it and being buddies but like in i don't know in dc and uh, anything else i can't think of something like that relationship where you have the two leaders who like each other but i think it's a somewhat common trope i feel like there is some of that in batman and the joker yeah a little bit where Uh, it's it's the I mean they, they 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 actually make a whole point of this of the Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is where it's like where they the Joker's like, you know, he's like I hate you and Batman's like I really don't like you yeah. like a lot. And, <laughs> but he's like but that's the whole thing. Like Joker's like heard about it cuz right. he's like no, like you're my guy, you know? Like you're the reason I exist and Batman's just like okay. But I mean I, I you know that I that, play, that makes fun of it. About but... The power of rock hard abs. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, but yeah, I do love that part. You get that in DC. Or, yeah. Yeah. Harvey Dent and himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I and, mean, I think most arch enemies and the hero some... tend to have that kind of tension. Yeah. A the little Harry bit. Potter, Even like Sherlock Dumbledore. Holmes, and Moriarty. There's a, there's right. a mutual yeah. respect. There's a mutual respect. Yeah. Right. As long as we're on that, this scene that. I know this is going off, but that scene where uh, Phoenix ends up killing Xavier's body, yeah, yeah. Professor X's body, uh, that was cool. I really yeah. liked that scene. They yeah. built that scene up really well, but all the effects were done really well. The emotions, it was, the music. It was certainly unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because, come was. on, you think he's got plot armor. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> he's not Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he went out too. Like yeah. he went out smiling and he he's like the whole and looked time, at Wolverine and he's smiled. Like, yeah, he yeah. looks at Gene first and you know, he's basically like gives a warning like don't let it win mm-hmm. and then, you know, a little smile and a nod at, you know, Wolverine. Wolverine. And I, I don't know if that's foreshadowing like him yeah. being like you're going to have to be the one to end this. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what what do you guys think made this the worst of the best like at least in the in the zeitgeist or the general feelings amongst people is it because x2 was so good i think i think there's some of that i also think you have a little bit of like the superman problem with jean gray where she's just like she literally is god tier and you see it flashes of that like you see it you know like the the whole lake is covered with stuff she, you know she's killing people here and there and doors are getting blown off hinges but it's like okay not not a big deal and she's really just kind of in the back for most of the movie until the very That's, end do you know what i mean to me that i think that is the biggest problem with this movie so for comic book fans they're there's probably a little bit of disappointment in that, hey, we get to see Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, um, which was a kind of a major storyline, mm-hmm. multi-issue storyline, a couple of times, actually. I mean, it was a big thing in the comics. In the comics, or, in, right. Sorry, in the cartoons as was well. Was it, too? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, a big storyline. And then it's she's here, and she's the threat. Suppose, I mean, ultimately, she is the threat. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing... I mean, there are these moments she kills xavier Mm -hmm. there's no like pressing threat from her Mm -hmm. in the i mean like she just kind of stands there in the background like you were saying through the entire movie and even at the very end she's just like 
everything happens and everything's done. And it's like, okay, the movie's done. And then she goes off and it's like, well, that was weird. Where'd that come from? It's, it's almost like <laughs> if you've ever played um, video games where there's like role playing games where it's like, traveler we must stop the exploding volcano and it's just like there's such urgency and right. then and then you know you, you wander to somebody's house and they're like i need help finding my puppy and right. so you spend an hour chasing <laughs> a puppy, puppy down and the and volcano's like, about yeah, to explode and me, yeah, yeah you're like you're helping case. people sweep their you know their in the their cottage yeah, the... and then finally after all of the stupid stuff you're like all oh, right there's a volcano that was going to explode an hour ago <laughs> you know like that's what this kind of that felt is, like you know totally it's just like all these stupid example. insignificant side quests yeah <laughs> i don't know i loved uh x2 so much i think because the powers of all the different x-men were used so well to move forward and overcome the threats mm-hmm. and obstacles that they needed to to get a resolution but in this one i just i did like it a lot more watching it this time mm-hmm. than the first time but i felt like just they killed so many characters that had great opportunities and well, and so many and they didn't have meaningful just, deaths. And mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of were introduced just to die. Right. So is is X2, is that where they go to where Wolverine got the metal put in him? Yeah. And, yep. and he meets kind of the female version of That's himself? That's right. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. That he fills full of adamantium and she drowns. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And, and they basically team up with Magneto and his people yeah, to that. take out um, the common threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was really cool. And, I mean, there's the... What's his name? The general guy. The one played by Brian Cox. Yeah. Like, does he he die at the end of 2? He does. Because he's a continual... Oh, okay. Because he's a ongoing threat through the comics and stuff you know or people like him Mm -hmm. they brought they bring back his character a younger version right when they go to threat con or they get oh right yeah that's right in the first in the first class yeah days of future past whatever when they go back so um the villain in the first one was basically magneto uh it was magneto but then there was also the political guy the um senator the senator who's mm-hmm. trying to push for uh the mutant and enforcement law or whatever into, they turn it they mute they, they mute, turn him into a turn, mutant and then he yeah yeah he doesn't survive it or something um in the second one it is the the general guy and the whole project or what is it called uh where wolverine got turned in right project yeah. x project x uh, or uh, whatever League. Yeah, at Alkali, Alkali Lake. And, and then in this Canada one, Canada is so. Who peaceful. is the villain? I mean, we know at the end of this one that Phoenix is the villain, but there isn't really a uh, a villain. I think that was... well, it's Magneto again. I would say. But the thing it's... is that I mean, yeah, it is, but it's he's just barely the villain. I think the villain is bigotry, right? Like, isn't the? I think that that's one of the things they want it to be, but it, they don't push it very hard. I mean, it's there. I, I think that's a, I think that's probably another mark against it. Like yeah. why people it doesn't stand out is humans like to have something to direct their hatred at. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can see that everywhere, you know, <laughs> bigotry, you right. know, is whatever. But, you know, I think that's why two was so strong is you had a very clear central bad guy. That's right. And you can direct all your goal, hate with at a that specific goal and very clear motivations right. and what they're trying to do. And the impact is very clear as well. Yeah. In this one, again, it's a little 
wishy-washy and it's just like okay you, you can't is the tell... government the enemy exactly is is it... what's his face or you know magneto the enemy oh, is it gene you gray can't tell if is the it... president is a good guy or a bad guy i yeah. mean it's like he seems like a good guy but is he tricking everyone but then you're not sure and then the guy who invented the 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 cure you know a- uh, angel's father yeah it's like is God? he he he's uh, <laughs> he's obviously a bigot but other than that he's not really driving anything yeah forward right and it's like well he's... he's not really the bad guy because you know there are as we saw mutants who wanted this cure yeah right voluntarily yeah. so even some of the x-men who wanted it so you're basically saying like the first one origin story so the magneto being the villain it's kind of weak but you're like everyone's getting set up second one has a really good strong villain storyline third one's kind of meh yeah so this is like thor right so you have thor dark world obviously the best one and then Ra- and then ragnarok oh it's not is then ragnarok's not very good right <laughs> that's what you were saying earlier right that is not what i said <laughs> think you're about to hear the first real fight of exceptionally bad <laughs> i did not say that how dare you i should have waited for you to be drink that so you did yeah, so spit, take. spit it out. <laughs> for the record i don't think that i was just trying yeah. to get a rise out of ben and <laughs> i mean I, I think that's another reason why and bracken i think you already said this is the strength of one two is builds on it and is even better. So Mm -hmm. I think there was really high expectations for three, right? That it kept building up to something really big and then just kind of fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that do you guys think is because you had Brian Singer do two movies, then he ran off to do Superman and we got a different director. Do you think that had much to do with it or do you think it was doomed from the start? I've seen Superman. I don't think that we lost anything by him leaving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he he did he so did. you're saying the weakest of the x-men franchise is superman returns <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> bracken has something to say bracken speechless he's not angry he's just disappointed <laughs> i've got my own views on it i mean i think warner brothers did a great job of uh, helping themselves and hurting their enemy when yeah. they pull a great director. Mm. You know, for, when I say great director, I mean uh, he did a good job on the first two right. X Men movies. He's done. Uh, he's a good director, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily a good person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, with that said, you know, when I saw this movie, I knew the backstory that Brian Singer left. Went to go do Superman Returns, um, brought um, James Marsden with him to do that movie. And so when I saw this movie and I saw that Scott Summers got killed off after a couple scenes, I thought, yep, they they need to kill him off because he can't be because of a scheduling conflict. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so it made me very cynical <laughs> to the storyline. Oh, that totally and, and, and I, I, you know, I'm not familiar with the Dark Phoenix storyline that well yeah. or what to expect from this movie. But I came into the movie when I saw it the very first time thinking, hmm. uh, what did they, you know, this is not like the other two. They're right. changing this. And it's just going in a direction I didn't like. They yeah. were killing off people, characters like Xavier that are you just love, mm-hmm. and you want to go carry on. And where? What's the end game? This really is the yeah. last stand mm-hmm. of the X Men. I, I can see why they had to retcon it. 
uh, after this because everyone's dead. Yeah. There's nothing left. <laughs> well, so I think it's telling, too, that even the characters in the movie really didn't care and were not motivated by like Scott dying. Right. <laughs> nobody like, nobody said Everybody anything. was like, "Are you okay, Gene?" And like it nobody like cared the that Scott was dead. The only person that cared was Wolverine, right. who yeah. was kind of his enemy. Right. Yeah. That's because true. they both love Jean Grey. And I don't yeah. I, So, do, do you remember when they're having Xavier's uh funeral? Mm-hmm. This is probably weeks yeah. after Scott's dead. There was no headstone for Scott. No, there wasn't. Not until the very end of the movie when Gene died that they were like, all right, we should probably put Scott's next to her. <laughs> right? like, we should probably care about the token leader of the X-Men. <laughs> Literally nobody token cared. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It was it, it was really dumb. And they showed, like, when Xavier died, everybody is teary-eyed. Like, everybody yes. in the school. And I get it, right? Like, he is the he grandfather is the... of the X-Men. But, like, nobody... I don't think anybody shed a tear for poor Scott Summers. No. <laughs> yeah, like the only person who cared was Wolverine. He's the yeah. only one who kept bringing it up. Yeah. Yep. Well, he even had to remind, you know, Jean Grey. Like, <laughs> right. What happened to Scott? She's like, uh... <laughs> who? She couldn't remember. Yeah. I mean, and then and... she's like, oh... Uh... And then it was just like awkward silence, and then they went to the next scene. Then he's yeah. like, you capped her. You capped him. And Look, she's like... When... When you're having an affair with a coworker, you don't want to bring up the the married spouse. Like it just makes things weird. Yeah, it was very awkward. Yeah, he was pushing the wrong buttons in that situation. I, like... I think he's Richard White in Superman Returns now. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So that that was weird. That it makes sense now, knowing that he just had to be written out of the movie yeah but it was just it was just shocking that how wolverine was the only person who cared mm-hmm. yeah what happened to him yeah there was a lot of that and well and like mystique i mean she's such Man. a great character and everyone then they... loves her from the first two movies yeah. Right? yeah she's the highlight of the second movie and they give her one or two scenes, and I feel like that's another thing. There's just so many characters yeah. yep. that there's not enough room Mystique to enjoy any of the characters, the yeah. right? Yeah. I guess I just because I picked Valentine's Day in our last mini season. Yeah, huge ensemble cast with not enough time for people to, <laughs> and then I inadvertently did it again. Like yeah, when I was right. putting together, together the cheat sheet, it was the same sort of thing. I'm like, when do what? Where do I stop adding yeah. actors of like, um. So yeah, you had you had your characters introduced this one like I don't know, Shadow Cat in two. I don't think she is in. She's two. In, she's in two. Okay, mm-hmm. so but she is a bigger role. Yes, much um, bigger role this time. And played by at the time Ellen Page, um, and she, I mean, she can run through walls. She can walk through yeah, walls. Yeah, that's she kind of just, it. That's yeah. what it is. Kind of one dimensional. Phases through. Well, yeah. some might say fourth dimensional. Some, some might say <laughs> transparent. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it was cool to see her in this movie, but she really, yeah, didn't have any depth to her character. So, well, so and, and you get a bunch of minor ones that you never even really know their name, like Porcupine Face. Is that his name? I don't know. So, um, yeah, so that was the point I was going to make. So, Antler hands? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it was just like all these characters were thrown in. And they were entirely defined by their by their power. Yeah. They they weren't. You didn't care about them otherwise. Like, even Archangel, like mm-hmm. I, you could have cut him completely out of the movie. Yeah. I would not have cared at all. There was that he character. He wasn't Archangel yet. He was still Angel. He was just, just Angel. <laughs> oh, did I call him Archangel? Yeah. Yeah. He's just regular he's kinda, Angel. Uh, 
He's definitely got a dramatic intro. Yeah, he and, does. And backstory, and you want to know more about him. Yes, but right. He's his wasted. defining but feature, you yeah. but you don't get to. Is yeah, he's he's a he's a a background character in Birdemic, and he <laughs> picks up a he picks up his dad when he gets thrown off a building. It's like whoop de doo. Like the who thing cares? Is that he was positioned to be key character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's the son of the guy who who figured out the cure at yeah, the beginning right? of the who movie. Who is himself? The the his father is a bigot, and from the time this kid was a little child. He's, he's trying to hide he's his self-harming. Yeah. He's cutting his wings right. off. Because he's so ashamed. Because he's so sh- afraid and of his dad. And then he defies his father and jumps out the window. And it's like, yes, he's going to be some kind of magnificent thing. And and, and then he's, he's not. And he shows up and <laughs> f- for like... Uh, he joins the X-Men. He, yeah, he shows up at Professor X's school. Like, what is that called? Sanctuary. You know, like... At the yeah. school like for the gifted children. Yeah, uh, that's right. He comes for Sanctuary. And then there's, like, some newscast. And you see him in repose. And then he shows up to save his father who gets thrown out a window. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you're, we're like, why? Yeah. Like, why would, is that is that, like, Stockholm Syndrome? Or you're just, like... Or or a codependency or something. Yeah, like, there wasn't like a, that could have been a moment of like uh, forgiveness or redemption or whatever, but there wasn't even any setup for that, so it just was. They just kind of fly away. Thing. Right. Yeah. And then there's other characters like so when Magneto goes to the the mutant rally and there's those trio, and they're like you know there's like the mutant gang. They're like where's their where's tattoos. your tats? Yeah. So. I will give you twenty bucks if you can name the character who runs really fast and can detect people. Uh, I don't think they ever mention her name. The one that fights. The one that fights, fights Storm. Storm at the end. Yeah. I don't think she ever says her name. We hear who's the chick with the that never says anything and then claps her hands and all the Apocalypse guns explode or whatever. I don't know her name. So she has a name. She doesn't say a word in Guile. the entire movie. You she don't does a care song about her, boom, like in Street Fighter. Yeah, she's literally she's oh, standing behind. So that girl is Callisto, the first one that you asked. But about. Does, did you ever I, hear her no, name? They never we didn't her know name. her name, and she was a fairly major character yep. in this. So like, I couldn't care less. Porcupine face. Like, he was another one. He was just like arbitrarily important for some reason. And then the other girl with the purple hair of the trio, she says one line and does nothing. She grabs a dude, and that no, she she is like camouflaged or something. But it was just like it's like where do you think right. you're going? They or keep setting like up all these things, you know, and then just n- no conclusion to it, you know. Well, and and they were important enough for ArcLight. That's who ArcLight. Yes, yeah. but and they were important enough for when the soldiers came and just Kid and just mowed everybody, and rained fire with just yeah. They shot yeah. up those uh, discs that then shot yeah. out a bunch of of the of the ant- the darts, the mutant antigen, yeah. So these name these unnamed bad guys were important enough that Mag- Magneto threw up his pulled up a bunch of metal to shield them all. Yeah, but but we don't. And they're literally like especially ArcLight. That was mm-hmm. her name. She is behind Magneto in almost every single important scene when he's giving his talk. It's like him, the ArcLight chick, mm-hmm. um, Callisto, Callisto, who is unnamed in the movie, right? And, and then Gene, face. Porcupine Face. His name's Kid Omega. Yeah. What? Porcupine faces okay. matter. Um, <laughs> but and they're just standing there. But and you're like, you're honestly like, I had no idea who any of those people were. They don't play well, into it to like explain who they are and why they're important. I think mm-hmm. ArcLight's real mutant special power is being like a producer's kid. That's what we were thinking. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that is that is a genetic power. <laughs> she won the genetic lottery. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I There was just too many people. Like, you could easily cut out half the mutants. So, Eric, just, da- Eric Dane is in this movie. And, but, and yeah, go ahead and talk about him. He is... Uh, also was in Valentine's Day. He was the quarter. He was the football player for those keeping score at home. Um, <laughs> he was also on was it Grey's Anatomy. Is yeah, that where he was. He's McSteam. McSteam Dream or whatever. Yeah, and um, McSteam Punk. But <laughs> he he is his name is like Multiple Man. Be- Something like that because yeah. he can make a ton of copies of himself. Yeah, his name's Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the product placement. And, <laughs> um. He has a little warranty things hanging from his belt, but no. Um, so, but he's there. He's introduced because he gets jailbroken out along with uh, Juggernaut mm-hmm. and, uh, Mystique. and Mystique. Yeah, and so I don't think he's named, but Mystique just says like, "Yeah, he's he's robbed ten. He's, banks. he's robbed ten banks like by himself or something. All at the same. All, yeah, all at the same time by himself, and then." That shows like three of them converging back in on himself. He can make a bunch of after images, copies of himself, yeah. basically. And his name is Multiple Man. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that because I put the cheat sheet together. Yeah. So he's never named, and he they make good use of his power once, and the and then we're like, what happens to him? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so yeah, that's the whole thing. I think they brought in characters just for plot points, like. You didn't care about any of them. He was another one where his whole point was just to, so they could have that scene where everybody in the camp disappears and then he gets arrested. You never see him again. You don't care about him up until that movement. Like he's important enough that he is on the maximum security bus where all of, you know, Mystique, I get juggernaut and this random dude who robs banks. Um, They're (laughs) that important that Magneto himself breaks them out of this prison and they just do the stupidest things, yeah. you know? Well, so I would kind of argue, like, you, we only care about returning characters from the previous films. Like, we care about Professor X because he's Professor X. We care yeah. about Wolverine because... Yep. Because we've Characters cared. that we know. Yeah. Like, we even cared about uh, Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets killed mm-hmm. unceremoniously. And we're wondering, like, what, what the heck is happening here? No one else cares but Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so any new character, and even characters from previous films, like I had forgotten that Shadowcat was in the pre- previous film. And then but we didn't get, um, what's his name? Bamf. Oh, yeah. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was in the second Bamf. movie and was not in this one. <laughs> Nightcrawler was one of my favorites yeah. in, in the second one the as effects, well. The effects so for him were so it. well done. He's yeah. not in here yeah. at all. And I know. Mm-hmm. He's played by Alan Cumming, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And he did such a great job. Do you know why they didn't? He could have easily solved the entire thing in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a handful of them, he's like, poof, poof, stab, poof, poof, stab, poof, yeah. poof, stab. And the entire mutant yeah. revolution is over. Yeah. Maybe he just went back to Germany or wherever he was from. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, he was great. He was such a great addition. Um, one of my complaints about the franchise in general is that gambit's not in it yeah and i thought oh cool gambit's gonna be an x2 and then it's nightcrawler and at first i was like dang it but then within like five minutes you're like okay he's the coolest character in this movie yeah yeah but i mean and i don't even know how much we actually care about the main characters like maybe it's because we just recently watched a movie for our show with halle berry in it but i was annoyed with storm 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Grey, meh. Even though, I mean, because she's supposed to be a big baddie, but she's sidelined, like we were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we care about Wolverine. We care about Iceman because we've he's we've been with him for three movies. Right. But even even like the whole relationship between him, Kitty, and Rogue, I could not have cared less about. Like, I know we're supposed to be like, oh, I still love Rogue and whatever. Kitty's just a friend, and then Rogue that like that's her whole motivation to go get hey, cured. Do you freeze a pond and make make ice ice skates for your friend? That, friend? <laughs> Listen, for any of the ladies who have ever dated me and are currently listening, that's date two. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a friend zone type thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's another thing. There was there was real motivation for Rogue to go want to get the cure uh-huh. because she couldn't touch her boyfriend. She couldn't right. touch anyone. She couldn't touch anyone, yeah. right? No physical contact. And she wanted that so her to her her power is a curse and they tried to play that up but there was so little attention given to it Mm -hmm. that you didn't care like you forget about it until something happens and you're like oh wait yeah that's right that's a thing well Well, somebody somebody even tosses that idea out i think it was even beast that was like yeah you're lucky that you know you don't shed everywhere or something like that it was like you look at the dudes who are in the the mutant revolution Mm -hmm. you know church whatever there's dudes that are like half melted and have like yeah they look horrific right like i can understand why that would be popular with certain people right like when beast gets close to the kid whose mutation is that he that he cancels Mm -hmm. out your power yep like he turns so, back. So Beast is blue to people mm-hmm. who don't know, and and furry. Yeah, he's a beast, but he yeah. gets closer, and he his hand turns skin colored, and he gives him pause. Hey, blue is skin colored for him. Yeah, <laughs> and it is for any any creature from a like that Avatar planet. Right. But like <laughs> um, the Navi, he turns I, and, to non mutant colored. But it, yeah. but it gives him pause, and he looks, and you could, and I think that he Wait, did doesn't a, it take away his pause. pause? <laughs> I'm glad you got that joke too. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can know that this is a podcast full of dads. <laughs> so um, the point I was trying to make is that so because because I, I had questioned the casting of Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. you you think a younger actor might have been a better choice, but I think that he for I that scene alone good. he gives it gravity. Mm-hmm. Losing his mm-hmm. paw yeah. or his skin or his skin. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> that. Yeah. So, Sorry. But just made him think. He had to. He stopped and it was like, okay, this. You could tell he thought about I can, like I, I get why I people... could be a skin. I guess he would have turned into a white guy, but he's like I turned yeah. into his. To That's a, what he a, was reg, before, a regular right? skin toned. Well, in the first person. class, one like the revamped. Yeah, when he's one, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, he he does do that, and he's like, he yeah, gets a he's like, treatment. it's cool. Yeah. Well, and I think he wasn't born that way right no like they be- they all kind of he becomes mutate he becomes that as they yeah. as he gets older other than mystique who was like always, always weird mm-hmm. always so awesome i have a quick thought so we're talking about the problem of introducing all these different characters and you can't fully develop their character you know how we make so many cool well you know how there are so many cool um episodic shows now mm-hmm. like what what they've done on Disney Plus with all the Star Wars stuff and a yeah. bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Could they do that with X-Men? I can, Arguably. in my mind, I'm thinking that would be awesome if that's how they started rolling out X-Men. 
well, they kind did of this do new that generation. The they did it with <laughs> yeah. So if here, they did like really cool episodic yeah style for this X-Men is Danny over and, here is a bunch of X Men comic books yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like in their revamping you're you're talking you know, like a Mandalorian I'm talking kind of Mandalorian thing like, yeah, okay. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah this is so one problem with any comic book that is converted into a movie or a show or a cartoon is that everybody who is a fan of those comic books has their favorites, right? Mm-hmm. In the mutant world of X-Men, there are hundreds of mutants that show up at some point in those comics, and it would be impossible to include all of them, mm-hmm. or even, I mean, you could include more of the X-Men, but then it's like, which X-Men? The ones from the 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah, like even, 2000s, which X-Men are there? Even the core group, depending on what, right. what reboot of the franchise. Yeah. And things like the New Mutants and stuff, which they tried to do, which was... So it would just be too hard from like a fan base? Well, no, just... I think that it would be fun, and I would love to see it mm-hmm. as a fan. I would love it, even though I know it wouldn't be able to... It's going to disappoint somebody. It's going to mm-hmm. disappoint... Yeah, it... Hopefully, if they do, when they do do this, because I, I kind of think they're definitely going to do this at some point. But I hope they don't try to put too much in. Mm-hmm. I hope they gradually bring people in. And maybe it's like the comics where some people come in, then hopefully it's successful enough that some people can leave and new people can come in, you know, and you have like a kind of rolling group of people. But they have to have more interesting lives. Mm-hmm more interesting purpose i think what you're describing too is one of the things why this kind of thing and particularly this movie suffers Mm -hmm. is it's too hollywoodized do i mean like Mm -hmm. for that exact reason Mm -hmm. it's like look we can't lean too much into wolverine because all the people who are in love with storm are gonna be like i'm not gonna go see that so they like kind of like bring everybody down you know so they're basic you know kind of level because i mean the mutant world there really are like there's some minor mutants there's yep. some stupid powerful ones and it's kind of all over the place right yep. and i think it'd be hard to do justice for exactly that same reason mm-hmm. there's so many people that it's hard to say like you know if you love batman there's one batman i right. love batman right and he has you know accompanying people but really it's all about batman whereas mm-hmm. like the x-men is like everything's an ensemble cast yep. right so it's Always. hard to do justice and give everybody enough screen time in a way that makes it relevant and mm-hmm. matter that doesn't feel like a complete mess. Like what we saw here. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I hope they do it. Yeah. I'll watch it. Even if it's bad. So I I'll think what it. we're all really saying is we need Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. And Channing Tatum Gambit from Lost City. I would take that Gambit <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> I, so I'd also dress up as Gambit. Like I'd put on my dad's suit coat and I'd carry around deck of cards. Oh, nice. And I'd, throw them around you know pretending mm-hmm. they That's would explode awesome. things because like, that was so cool right when he would throw and... yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh before we so oh yeah sorry go, go ahead i was gonna say there are a lot of good things about this i thought the acting in general was very well done i think everybody did a good job who had something to do um i thought the effects were very cool like i really liked every time uh, Phoenix went dark and her face would or like her eyes would turn black and her face would turn all creepy and stuff I thought that looked really cool 
I, I would say that de-aging was the only thing that was a bit janky. Well, this is 2006, and de-aging is only barely starting to get this, acceptable. This is so. probably the first movie that did it. Yeah. I, I'm, I can't think of another Among one that did it before. Among the first, for sure. I, I mean, I would say... Button may have been before it, that, it was right? Still, but, yeah, yeah, it still needed some work. And, yeah, yeah. You know, you could see a movie today that has de-aging that still needs the, work. The good news is Patrick Stewart actually has looked the same for 40 years. So they yeah. didn't actually de-age him. When he was 13, he looked like a bald old man. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could tell uh, Ian McKellen was classically trained from yes. like his villain speeches to, I his, love that. to his little army. You're like, yeah. okay, yep, he was Richard III. He was yeah, King yeah. Lear. Like, yeah, it was... Yeah, they did a great They did a great job. I just wanted to throw out a couple of fun facts before we kind of finish up because sure. we are kind of getting a bit... Yep, long. I mean, we could. Sounds like we could talk about it forever. Yeah, forever. We, we can't really shut Bracken up here. And <laughs> so the the so this is one of the higher rated ones we've watched. It's fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score sixty one, six point six on IMDb. So I think Indiana Jones might be the highest rated one we've watched. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one barely. This one is still. Isn't this rotten? This barely it? meets the rotten. Yeah. Uh, this is barely a bad movie. Um, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, in the Rotten Tomatoes scale. So, um, the budget for this was $210 million, or as now in terms that our listeners will understand, that's 8.4 speed 2 boat crashes. Wow. That's right. Yeah, that's 8.4 boat crashes. How many? How much money did it make? How many boat crashes? Uh, well, boat crashes is at least 16.8. 16 because, Yeah, because it, awesome. it made $460 million, I think, total. So, it, it doubled its money. It made money. It was it was a commercial success. Yeah. Um, Hence the other like four other movies that have come out. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. yeah. Well, they 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 don't want to lose the rights. Yeah. So. That yeah, that's another thing. Um, well, now they're back where they belong. <laughs> so, <laughs> what what did you think of the music? It did what it needed to do. I I didn't notice I did it not beyond notice it. Yeah. a couple of the you know do 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 whatever things yeah. every now and then but beyond that it it did what it needed to do and was safely in the background enhancing and not getting in the way okay because so it's john powell who did born identity um he did the how to train your dragon music which is fantastic which is great which yeah. that well, i was a little surprised it didn't stand out more because of that hmm. um and he there was a movie called solo Star Wars story, I guess he's the music for that. It's about a, a guy named Hans. Hi, my name is Hans. It's Hans. Hans, Hans Olo. Hans Olo. Hans Olo and his companion from France. Hans and Franz Olo. And they went around the galaxy to bump you up. That uh, that that's a deep cut for Saturday Night Live. For... Oh my goodness. Uh, so. So Stan Lee was a producer, and he had mm-hmm. a cameo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's always fun to see Stan Lee, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Feige, and yep. Avi Arad, if I, if I said that right or yep. not. He's the CEO of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the same kind of classic uh, production designer. We talked about the costuming before. It's the same production designer that did Jurassic World at Jurassic World oh. um, D- Dominion, like... Um, which I thought maybe we would recognize from that, but I, I, I wouldn't have known that except mm-hmm. for I looked it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, definitely 
this looks like the same, the same sort of the same sort of production yeah. design is. Right. I think yeah. that with this kind of movie being that it's a the third in a group in a franchise, the kind of the production design is decided for the most part, and it was just kind of like, what can we do that still looks like the old stuff? that uh, maybe is a little bit new so they had a little bit different well so their their suits their suits were different like i remember in the mm-hmm. first one wolverines didn't fit him very well and it looked a lot more like him in the comic yeah, right. book and i think it was beast who got that treatment this time yeah. around um but for the most part i like thought... the, the school and everything looked the same similar mm-hmm. so i would say that the production designer did a good job because i would bet if we compared things like the base and the school between this one they're and the previous different. ones, they're probably different. Yet they did the, a good job of making us feel like they were the same. Mm-hmm. Well, it, he also did GI Joe Co- Rise of Cobra, right. and that's what I felt like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Snake Eyes was going to come around the corner any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto's got accidentally has Cobra Commanders. That's mask right. On. <laughs> but uh, um, do you guys have any last thoughts before we kind of pass judgment? Radio silence. I mean, okay. yeah, we've done a lot of talking. So, all right. So, who wants to start? Who wants to to start? Cassie Judgment. Bracken, you want to start us off? Uh, so are we doing exceptionally bad? Just what bad? do you? How do you think? Yeah. It do you feels do you think like, this is? The, you can the, say exceptionally bad if you feel it falls um, there, but really, this say, is. Is this, this a bad? Is movie? this the worst of the best? Is, is it this, bad? Is it bad? I've seen a worse uh, X-Men movie. I think it was probably X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. Or, uh, I, oh, because yeah, you haven't seen Wolverine in. Origins yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have seen all the Wolverine movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised at how much I did enjoy this uh, compared to the very first time I saw it. So maybe it's aged well. I, I don't know. I... I find that the weakness of this this movie is the story and what they do with the characters. It's just kind of weak there. The production value is great. The mm-hmm. acting's great. Um, but yeah, it, and then they kind of set it up for a sequel with, you know, Magneto being able to move that chess piece, and you find that Professor Xavier is really in a hospital bed. Um, but we never get that <laughs> resolution so it's just kind of like what was going on here I feel like it's it's like 8.7 you know boat crashes it just, <laughs> it, it, it's just one really like, slow 15 knot crashes after another. you know it's it's interesting <clears throat> though is it it moves pretty fast. There's it no does. real slow parts of yeah. this movie. It is fun that way. So, I mean, I'd recommend you watch it with some friends and laugh and just make fun of it. <laughs> I'll go next. Okay. So, um, I, when I saw this movie the first time, I enjoyed it. I was a little disappointed in it, but overall I came out of the movie theater thinking, huh, that was a, you know, a fun X-Men movie. I love the X-Men. Then I start hearing everybody talk about how terrible this movie is. And I was like, wait a second, what did I miss? Why is it so bad? And since then I've seen it again and I understand now why people see it so bad, but because I'm a fan, I enjoyed it. 
anyway. Watching it again today, I think I enjoyed it even more than the last time I watched it for sure. Um, I do see where it's, I do see why it's bad. I do see where it fails, but I also see that it's a beautiful movie that is well made, high production value. It's almost twenty years old, and mm-hmm. it feels like it could have been made last year, except for the de aging. Um, and uh, I think some of the scenes of Angel flying were a little janky too. Yeah, I mean there, there's, well, yeah. I could show you some stuff in Avatar 2 that I think is just as janky. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of the Avatar <laughs> movies. But uh, I will say, it's beautiful. I loved it. I had fun with it. Again, I feel the disappointment that I wish there was more Dark Phoenix. I wish there was more mm-hmm. of things. Like, I wish mm-hmm. the story were more. Were more more and, payoff. Yeah, more payoff, more everything for me in the story so in that way i'm disappointed but you know i'd watch this one again i don't think this is there are some bad movies you just don't ever want to watch and this one i don't think so i i also don't think that it deserves 57 percent. i'd give it a 68 percent. yeah that's, <laughs> that's sounds, what i would give that it sounds about right. yeah. i remember seeing it the first time and that scene where wolverine's walking slowly towards gene at the end uh-huh. on uh, Alcatraz and his clothes are getting torn off. I remember watching that thinking these special effects are really, really yes. bad. And I didn't feel like they were really? that bad. I agree. I I don't know what I happened. I was like, man, they look but cool. They didn't seem like they were that. I felt like they were really cheap and oh, yeah? undercooked. The first time the you first saw it. The first time I saw it. But not today. No. I thought, oh, this is okay. Uh, oh, but that you saw it in the theater. I was going to say, maybe because we're seeing it in 4K. No, I just, I don't know. I so, don't know if we've seen it in 4K. We're seeing it in... Anyway. I, so I, I, th- I think, I would not call it exceptionally bad because I don't think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I'll prob- I'll go last, of course, but I just, just had this thought, like, that was a lost opportunity for product placement. For like Dickie's jeans or Levi's because <laughs> she, was, she was destroying all matter except for Wolverine's pants. His, yeah, that's and right. So, His pants were staying yeah. on. That's right. Lost opportunity, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I do want to say that I think this of the first three, this is easily the worst. Oh yes, right. Yes. There's no doubt. Um, I don't think it's the worst in the whole series of X Men because I think Apocalypse is worse. Um, and if you count the Wolverines, I I think that. Uh, x-men origins wolverine is worse as well i think that so, is the worst yeah but this is not yeah. not terribly terribly bad so unless you want to be a, a total comic book nerd then it's horrible <laughs> yeah i so i i i think what what it boils down to is i so i enjoyed it it, it was fun in the same way that like I really enjoy the subject matter, mm-hmm. right? In the same way that like I love Superman mm-hmm. and like I would probably watch like the Indian Superman right. ones yeah, where it's right. just like it's not great production values, it's really corny, but I'm like I love the subject matter, so I'm gonna right. like I'm along for the ride. Um I think what was so disappointing is because there was a lot of buildup and a lot of expectation after the second one yeah. that just really, I mean, it's, it was a high watermark. Mm-hmm. I mean, no pun intended there um, to, to, to be like, <laughs> that's a hard thing to like live up to and, you know, overcome that. And I think 
I mean, this is still early in the whole superhero mm-hmm. universe it's and understanding, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this oh, is kind of like not pre MCU. I think it is. Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It is. Um, you know, and so like you called on that scene of uh, Bracken of the Wolverine walking up to the Phoenix in. And that felt like that was supposed to have the same kind of gravitas as like Iron Man saying, you know, and I am Iron Man and then snapping his finger. Yes, right. Like Man, it was supposed to have that kind of punch. Punch. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it was awesome. like that at the end of that, like, you know, in, you know, when uh, what's her face, Black Widow dies and, yeah. you know, Iron Man snaps at the end. You're like, like it yes. punches you in the chest. I didn't care about any of the people like right. Xavier. I did. Yeah. But everybody else, I was just like, I just, I didn't really care about anybody. They, they never spent the time to make me care about anybody. I guess it's just me and Wolverine who cared about Scott. <laughs> you, you care about them from the previous movie, but not in this movie. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't have time to get back in, yeah. you know, into bed with Scott and like care, <laughs> you know, um, he was gone. Before you moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had fun with it. I'll watch it again. Like we were commenting on stupid little things here and there and like, why this, why that? But they're all nitpicky things. Like we're, you, you know what you're getting into if you're listening to this podcast, like, (laughs) you know, we're not watching like stellar movies here. Um, but I wouldn't call it bad. Like, you know, in the same reason, like on our scale, I think it was just, it, it suffers from the greatness of what came before it mm-hmm. and it just didn't live up to it which i think is the biggest disappointment the special effects were awesome like that whole scene with when xavier dies i thought was fantastic yeah you know like i think even the scenes when they lose when they get shot with the antidotes thing and they lose their powers yeah like mystique turning into like a regular person uh-huh. that was really yeah, cool yeah no it was cool. yeah yeah and, and so like the special effects were great and you know we said you know the de-aging was a little wonky and that was only in a few scenes. Like there yeah. were other scenes where I was like, it totally holds up. Like even now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just generally it was, it wasn't bad. Like I normally, if we weren't doing this, you know, season of seasons thing, I wouldn't even fall on our radar. That's right. Um, it would just kind of be just, you know, like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's not a great movie, but you know, I will continue to watch it. I will watch it again. I will watch yeah. it friends. doesn't need yeah. to be on the background of Bracken's party for me to watch it. Like <laughs> I will watch it. Yeah. That's, it's a long, we're getting to be a long party. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so my thoughts on it were, um, we crapped on how they had a bunch of mutants that came in, even didn't have names, didn't get their character built. I still would have taken Gambit in that situation. I think maybe one of the weaknesses we didn't talk about at all. And I don't really want to get into it too much was I think they were trying to make certain statements with the the being an antidote to being different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is it, is this a... Is there anything is wrong this, with this? Is this like a, the government's evil because it's, like, it's almost like they're doing a conversion therapy. Like a right? gay cure. Kind uh, of a yeah. gay cure yeah. or, a, or a trans cure or whatever makes you... Or a race cure. Yeah, whatever yeah. makes you quote-unquote different. Yep. And I, but I don't think they leaned into that enough for it to have the punch that I think mm-hmm. they thought it was going to have. I think that's a dangerous place for a Hollywood movie like this to go. <laughs> you right. Know, to go too, too directly into that. No, but no. Yeah, well, I no, I, I agree, but, but I think... that's what the X-Men is all about. I mm-hmm. think that's to, what they thought they were doing. Right. And, and then I wouldn't be surprised if the studio stepped in and was like, no, no, no. It's very, very possible. Mm-hmm. Back, back that up, back that up. So then you get... Then you get the equivalent of what we got with Obamacare, <laughs> that was supposed to be really <laughs> was supposed to be great, and then it 
that it's not it's just slightly different insurance. <laughs> it's just that's just slightly different, more expensive insurance. <laughs> and, um, so I think that was one of the weaknesses of the film. And but yeah, it was fun. Like I, it, it makes me excited to watch, go back and watch X one and X two and this one with my kids who've never seen it. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to introduce them to the X Men. Like and. I think midway through the movie, I was like, "This is better than I remember." This mm-hmm. was this was a lot of fun. I would, yeah, I wouldn't even say it's bad. I would probably give it somewhere in the '60s, so it's not super fresh, but it's not rotten, right? Like, it's an okay movie, right? And uh, all right, so we've kept. Uh, if anyone's still awake now, um, <laughs> where can they reach us, Bracken? Uh, they can go to our website at the. Uh exceptionallybad.com I was going to say the guys at exceptionallybad.com that's the email that's our email <laughs> Instagram at exceptionallybad and Twitter x at exceptionallybad or at Danny's home address which is <laughs> he was in trouble for giving it out last time so he's, last at, so, so he's at Bracken's home address <laughs> which is uh, alright well thanks, thanks everybody yeah thanks for tuning in Thanks. Charles Xavier's done more for mutants than you'll ever know. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post? <laughs>